Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Esterworld podcast, where I'm joined, per usual, by my ho- my co-host, my co-host, Gwen. Co-host. Uh, I like that term. Uh, it's, new, it's good. New term. don't know how I feel about being called a ho-host. Um, a ho-host. Uh, so a, little deroga- a little derogatory, uh, I suppose. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm good. Uh, excited to record today's episode, because we're going to be talking about something I have wanted to talk about since I've seen it. Uh, that being Toy Story 4. Um, we're not going to do a, a deep dive on the latest episode, especially because, A, as of recording this, the episode literally just released, um, and B, there's most of what I wanted to include was in the video, which is kind of the point of the deep dive, is to kind of right. talk about some things that didn't make the cut. Um, so we're just going to be doing a standalone episode talking about Toy Story 4. Um which, believe it or not, is the fourth installment in the Toy Story franchise. I know. I wonder if they'll... I guess Pixar's not really big on, like, subtitles. You know, I know that Finding Dory, but it's always Incredibles 2, Cars 2. I don't think I'm there's glad. any other... Yeah, I think it's... A, I, I just wonder if they'll... Are there any other uh, Pixar movies that are sequels that have, like, a... What do they call that? Not a subtitle, but, like, a, you know... I don't like, know a, uh, like a colon this. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking... I don't know what the, the term would be either. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I would think they probably would reserve that. Like, they had Monsters University. That was a prequel. Yeah, so they either um, changed the name. I think that's smarter. And it's Pixar. They, they don't have to worry about brand recognition, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm glad. I get sick of the... Every time you make another movie, you... I, I liked the, you know, the two, three, four. But I suppose it's because... You know, if you use a number, then you have it makes people feel like they have to see the other ones. Um, yeah, that's probably why. But with Pixar, they don't care because they know everyone's going to see it anyways. They, yeah. you know, especially you've had with ten Toy years. Story. You've had ten years to see Toy Story three, um, but I actually saw two toy movies in the theaters this weekend. Um, very different movies. One being Child's Play and one being Toy Story. Marcus Slacking only saw one, uh, Toy Story four. Um, and I think, you know, we're, the whole point of us is doing this to review it. I think we both can safely say we, we enjoyed it. Yeah, I would say I've really, really liked it. I didn't love it. Um, like with Toy Story, all the other Toy Stories, I can say that I loved it from start to finish. Loved it. Came out of Toy Story 3 feeling that way. This one, I loved it in parts and I really liked it in parts. There was never a point where I was like, oh, this is... This is what I was worried about. It was just there are things about it more so in the middle of the movie that I had some issues with. But overall, I really liked it. And, it, you know, I had a lot of concerns ever since they first announced it. And I was like, why? You know, they, they ended it. I mean, if anyone listened to our podcast a few weeks ago, we were talking about it. And, I mean, I'm happy to eat my words because I was just very afraid that it was going to be a, a like a cash grab or that. It was going to be like a straight-to-DVD kind of thing that they decided to release in theaters. Um, but I, I was really pleasantly surprised to find how good it was and how it does build upon the previous movies and does kind of round out the franchise. It didn't feel like a tacked-on movie or anything. Well, before we like we dive deep into our like specific thoughts, I wanted to ask you, I probably should have told you about this before we started recording, to rank each of the four movies. They really go. Hmm, that's tough. Well, you can't cop out. You got to do it. No, no. I'm trying to think. Uh, number one, 
It's always hard when it's a movie like a nostalgia because you don't know how much of it is because you grew up with it and the toys and the everything about it. How much is it versus how much of it is the actual movie? Um, but off the top of my head, I would say uh, in terms of the ones like a, as a personal list, Toy Story 1, number one. Actually, I think it would go. Hmm, I don't think if you have an order, I'll let you go first because I have to think about it for a second. Well, I'll say this. Um, I rewatched all three of them over the past like two weeks because I had that not seen I had not seen any of them since I was a kid, like, uh, you know, since yeah. I was 12 or whatever. Um, I actually think I only saw Toy Story 3 when I saw it in the theaters when I was like 11 or however old I was when it came out. Um, so I rewatched all of them because otherwise um, I would not have remembered a lot of it. And my ranking actually surprised me. I think I would go after seeing the fourth one too, I would, in terms of enjoyment, I would go two as number one, three is number two, uh, Toy Story one in third place, and Toy Story four in fourth place. Now, I will say I enjoy all of them, um, but two is definitely my favorite. Three, I really, really, really liked a lot more than I remembered, because I think I only saw it the one time. Like, I loved that movie. And then the first one, obviously, it's a classic. Um, but I, when I was watching it, I remembered like every single line cause I'd seen it so many times as a kid. Um, and that's where what you just said comes into play. Like how much of it is nostalgia and right. how much is the actual movie? Cause everything they said, I was like, I just remembered cause I'd seen it 500 times. Um, and then the fourth one really loved it, but it didn't beat any of the original three for me. Yeah. I guess for me, like just off the top of my head again, I, I'd have to watch them all. Cause I, I think I saw Toy Story one like a year or so ago when it, I don't remember why there was some reason, but I haven't seen uh, two and three in a while, but I guess my initial ranking would be in the order of the movies, like Toy Story one, two, three, and four. Maybe I could see maybe swapping Toy Story one and two, because I do think that probably story wise and really everything, um, they really improved upon, you know, in Toy Story 2 from Toy Story 1. I think Toy Story 2 probably had a more well-rounded story. I, you know what? Actually, I probably would put Toy Story 2, then Toy Story 1, then 3, then 4, because I do remember, you know, it's just a great movie for adults and kids, and I think maybe the first one is geared a little bit more towards kids, even though I still love it. I think the second one had a lot of very mature themes and things that you could relate to as an adult more so than the first one, but they're all amazing. That's the thing. Like they're all great. So that's why it's hard to say, like I would say, yeah, I mean, Toy Story four is my least favorite, but it's still a really great movie. It's not like, um, you know, cars where I'd say the first cars is really good. And then two was terrible. And then three, I haven't seen yet, but you know, the quality of the Toy Story movies are just so close together that none of them are bad or even, you know, okay, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I where I would say Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 are all, like, neck and neck, I would say 4 is, like, a, it's definitely not neck and neck with the other three. Um, but that's not to I mean, even me, who from the last podcast was anticipating it more than Mark, like, I was expecting it to be good. I was good. dreading it. I it was, was like, was I, I don't know. It. it was about as good as I expected, I would say. Um, I, you know, I it, it was funny because when we talked about, like, the trailers and everything and how 
I was convinced they were, like, leaving out a huge plot point. They weren't. The trailers were just terrible. Uh, like, yep, I went back and yep. watched the one trailer this morning, and not only is the trailer just a really bad trailer, like, if you go back and watch the one, like, the one on the official Pixar channel with 50 million views, like, all of the lines are dubbed, like, awkwardly. Like, they're all off. Like, the they're not synced up with what they're saying. It's really an odd trailer, and I don't know... I don't know. I wonder if it hurt the box office at all. Like, I know people are going to go see this regardless, but the weird marketing for this movie was just, I don't know. I think in a weird way it might do better because I think when you have a movie that you're afraid that's not going to do very well, and then it turns out to be, you know, know, almost 100% Rotten Tomatoes, you almost get more news because everyone's like, oh, everyone was afraid it was going to be terrible and it turned out to be amazing. But if all the trailers were amazing and then the movie was amazing, there wouldn't be nearly as many clickbaity headlines, you know, like Toy Story 4, you know, saves the day or saves all of our fears, you know. So who knows? Maybe they knew people would see it anyways. Maybe just, you know, they didn't know how to convey. And that's actually part of my issue with the movie. But I, I maybe they didn't know how to convey the storyline in a trailer. But I guess we should really quickly say that this will be a spoiler discussion from here on out for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Um, not that there's really even any, that that many spoilers in the movie, but we're not, you know, we'll be diving into the specifics of the plot. Yeah, other than the ending, there's not too much to like straight up spoil. I actually, when I was watching the trailer, I think the biggest issue is they were trying to hide the fact that. Other than Woody, like, none of the original yeah. toys are in it. I think yeah. that's what... Because that, so much of the trailer is set in, like, Bonnie's room and the RV right. with, like, Jesse and the whole gang. When in reality, other than Woody and kind of Buzz, the other characters are not in it at all. Yeah. Like, like they have... I, they each have, like, one line. Like, before going into it, because I knew John... Uh, John. Um, Don Rickles had died. Right. And I read that they were all using archived recordings. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to see if they, like, wrote the whole scene around his line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they kind of had to write dialogue so his line would make sense. But then, no, I think I think Potato Head literally had one line in the yeah, entire movie. I think the, I think he had one or two lines at the most. And, yeah, they must not have had all of that much extra recordings. Or maybe they just didn't want to overdo it. You know, maybe they saw it as more of a tribute than to try to... Because I guess maybe it'd, it'd feel a little weird if there was, like, an entire scene where he's talking and you know like all of it's from you know other movies and you probably put you in your head going like oh i wonder what scene that was from or i wonder what situation he was initially referring to so they probably didn't want to you know well i don't know too much maybe i i was just thinking more i would have been i I was just saying more like none of the toys had any lines so it wasn't a it wasn't a concern at all i mean like other other than what i mean i i didn't even think buzz was in it enough for me um well, I don't but know I, I you, get that it was Woody's ending, but... Yeah, well, from what I was hearing, because I'd forgotten about this, that initially, and I might be getting this wrong, but or parts of it wrong, but I think Rashida Jones was initially attached to the script. And then at some point, I don't remember all the details, but she left or something happened. And so I've read that, you know, maybe some of the work and animation had been done in the, you know, about Bonnie and her house and everything, and then when she left is kind of when it became more contained because that's really my, I mean, I guess we'll be probably jumping around a bit, but that was my real only issues with the movie is that it felt very almost too contained to where, you know, well, I guess we should 
just start out from the beginning rather than jump around. Because um, I guess the first thing I'd say is I instantly fell in love with Forky, which is funny because uh, he was the one I was worried the most about because I thought it just looked so n- dumb. I was like, this is dumb. But like from the second they set up like how he was created, I was like, oh, like everything just kind of fit. And I was like, oh, he's going to be one of my favorite characters. Because I also love Tony Hale, who vo- voices him. And he's on Arrested Development and Veep. Um, so I was just, the second he comes alive in that whole scene where he's like, you know, trash, trash. I was like, okay, this is going to be like one of my new favorite characters. Despite yeah, my, I, you know, I was surprised though. I, I mean, I'll say this, up until like the whole first act, like everything with the whole flashback and all the way through you know, like the art, like Woody going to preschool with Bonnie and the like little road adventure with uh, Forky. I was like a hundred percent on board like, Yeah, all the way through the first yep. act. I was completely was into me. the movie. That was the point where I was in the audience going, this is amazing because they took, I don't know, just the way it was forming to be this, not that it changed that much, but it was just, I was so on board from the, you know, we finally get to see what, you know, who knows what back then they had in mind for how Bo Peep left, but that was just such a great scene where you see Woody tempted to get in the box with Bo Peep, and then Andy comes out and he's trying to find him, and then he and then they reflect back to that shot later in the movie, which I thought was very clever. And so they give you a really good reason for why she's not there, and I'm glad they did that instead of a short because I was like, oh, is this a short film when they first started? I was like, oh, it's going to be like a short that ties into the movie. But I like that they instead almost did like a prologue instead of a short that sets up um, the rest of the storyline. And it wasn't forced at all because I actually kind of forgot about it until he reaches the, um, you know, the secondhand store or the antique shop. I was like, oh, yeah, like it was just very well done and very subtle it wasn't to where you're like, oh, I, now I know she's going to come back at X point in the movie. Um, but yeah, I was really on board from very beginning, from that first prologue to when pretty much when Woody meets Bo Peep, which is not, I don't want to be like, oh, that's where the movie you know fell flat because it didn't. I just felt like that's where it became a little too back and forth and repetitive from my taste where it was like, okay, RV, antique shop, playground, RV, you know, it just kind of kept going back and forth and almost reminded me of like a video game, uh, like a fetch quest mission type of structure. Not that it was bad at all. It was still very good and very entertaining, but that's kind of where I started to be a little less into it because I felt like maybe they had another idea and they just kind of chose to park the trailer there. I don't know if you know what I mean. It just kind of felt a little different. It's not something I thought about until you brought it up, but thinking of, I mean, it is a little, I understand what you mean, especially when you consider that Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 all have so many locations. Yeah. Like, they're always just going from location to location to location. Um, so I, I get what you mean. I didn't think about it during the not movie. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. I'm just saying it was something that kind of, I was like, I want to, I guess there was a point where I realized we wouldn't be going anywhere else, but I, and not that I was disappointed, but I was just like, okay, I guess I would have liked to see, I don't know, maybe they were doing it on purpose to try to tell a story within a very, you know, few amount of locations to really focus on the storytelling. But 
it kind of did just take me out a little bit because it just, you know, Forky's lost. We got him. Oh, we lost him again. Oh, now he's lost. You know, not that. It, again, it wasn't like bad. It was just I just started to get a little well, like, okay, let's move along. Let's move the story along. I One thing I will say is, and this isn't like a slight necessarily, um, I just, even while watching the movie, I it didn't, it, I mean, I would give the movie a solid like 8 out of 10. But I will say, I, it didn't feel like Toy Story 4 the same way Toy Story 3 felt like Toy Story 3. Like, it felt like... Because it, 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 it was so focused on Woody and none of the other main cast. And I right. get that's the point. that it, But it didn't feel like a direct sequel. Like, Toy Story 2 felt to Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 3 felt to Toy Story 2. Yeah. It felt like a Toy Story, like, colon... You know, I mean, it almost felt like a spinoff about a character where yeah. you're focusing on just one character out of the cast. And, and that's that was where... my fear initially was like, oh, it'll feel too much like one of those, you know, DVD, you know, straight to kind of DVD well, that, shorts, I don't but think elongated. It means that. No. I don't think it means that. I just think it, it, it just, it, I mean, people's, when people say it feels like an epilogue and not a Toy Story 4, I think they're kind of right. Like, I, I really, this is one of the first things I said when I left is I, I almost wished they had just, they had just like went full on with like this is Woody's story instead mm-hmm. of trying to include all the other characters in like little bits and pieces. And I think it would have been cleaner because like, it just like I mean I didn't I will say it was this. Woody's movie. That's the thing. It was Woody's movie and the closure of his emotional arc. You know, because he's always had that that sense of impending doom whenever he's not loved. And so it was almost like him finding peace in, like, hey, it doesn't always have to be you go to a new kid who loves you. Like, it, it was his movie. It was his emotional journey in realizing that there is more out there than just... And I think that was a pretty bold way to go about it. So it was more of his movie, you know, and him and Bo Peep and, and Forky and Loss and... Um, well, I just... I'll say this. I My only big issue with the movie and this is literally the single only like actual issue i have with the movie that's not like a small thing i really felt like they dumbed buzz down a lot in this movie and like kind of made him kind of made him stupid like that was that that was actually the first thing that took me out of the movie was when they're in the rv and woody's talking about his conscience and then buzz thinks he's talking about like his pull string or something and i was like Buzz isn't dumb. Why? And then the whole movie, Buzz was just kind of like acting kind of stupid. And I was like, why did they dumb him down so much? Yeah. Yeah, that was, I, I will say, I should have said this in the beginning. I think that this one is by far the funniest Toy Story. Like, it was just, I laughed more in this one than I have in any of the other ones. It was just constant, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just very well written humor. And so, like, while I do, uh, I totally see what you mean because even when he was, like, you know, pressing the buttons and thinking that was his inner voice, I was in the back of my mind going, is he really that dumb? I don't think we've set him up as being that deluded. He's not, like, he's grown so much from Toy Story 1. Toy Story 1 version of him, yeah, I could totally see that being him. But I was like, you know, between 1, 2, and 3, I don't think he would be that, you know, kind of thick to think that that's what, you know, what he was talking about even though i thought it was hilarious that he was kind of relying on relying on that um i thought the first scene was really funny when he was like getting across the park i thought that was hilarious 
But then, like, by the end, when he's, like, pushing his buttons right in front of the family and stuff, I was like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, when you, because I just watched the other movies. And in Toy Story 2, like, Buzz is, like, the smartest character in the movie. He's leading everyone. Yeah. He He's in charge of everything. He saves Woody from the plane. He goes out to save Woody. Like, it, honestly, even though that movie is, like, the Woody movie about, like, his, the Woody's roundup and everything, like, Buzz is the one that saves right. the day and does everything in that movie. Um, well, I just, I just maybe didn't feel... he hit his head. Maybe well, there's maybe. A, a cut scene where Bonnie got a little too uh, frivolous with uh, <laughs> the, the her uh, playtime and threw him against the wall. Because yeah, that was one thing I. Number one, he's just hardly in it at all. But that was it. Did kind of even though I thought it was pretty funny, especially when he's pressing the buttons and freaking out because he can't figure out what to do, and he yells out something like. You know, Buzz let you to the rescue. You left your toy at the toy shop, or you left your bag no, it's at like the toy shop. You, you left you know. your ba- you left your backpack at the antique shop. Yeah, yeah. It was funny, but again, then I'm taking the uh, the the analog- analytical person in me goes like, wouldn't the parents be like, wait, what? Or maybe they didn't hear it. But um, but I guess we should talk about Bo Peep before we get too far into it because I think a lot of people were afraid, or I know I was afraid, not to get into it too much that because it's kind of becoming the trend of Hollywood just to, you know, it's becoming less about writing strong female characters for the sake of giving, uh, you know, girls or anyone like, you know, a strong female character to look up to where there are some movies and studios where it does feel very contrived and very forced. I felt that way with Aladdin where a lot of that felt just kind of over the head and unnecessary. But so I was kind of afraid that Bo Peep would be this like, um, you know, I don't need no man and constantly, you know, uh, condescending towards Woody or constantly one-upping him. I was just afraid they would go too far with it. But I think they were, they did a really good job balancing her as a very strong female character without making it, you know, too much to where you could, you know, hear the writers going like, oh, this will sell tickets or this will sell posters or this will get, you know, really controversial articles written. It just felt very balanced. And I, I think it was very, um, they had a very good reason for why she goes from being this very fragile, uh, well, pun unintended, fragile, per, you know, character and the others. And then being this very, you know, kind of like a, a very independent character. And it made 100% sense that if you were, you know, out on your own and, you know, with all these toys and rescuing toys that you would kind of take on this persona and so it didn't feel forced to me, and I was afraid it would from the posters and trailers, how they were trying to advertise her as, like, the new Bo Peep. And I felt they did a very good job restraining it to where it felt very believable within the context of the, of the you know, of the narrative of the movie and her being away for, for nine years and having to survive on her own and everything. I mean, I thought it more... I thought it worked just because... Before this movie, we really didn't know anything about Bo Peep. So for all we knew, she always could have been like a super strong character in the background. Because she really just because I just watched the first three movies and she's only in the first two. She literally just shows up to kiss Woody and then goes off because you don't see her other than that. So who knows what she's actually like? So, yeah, it did. It it worked fine because you didn't know anything about you really didn't know anything about Bo Peep at all. So and I, I, I did like that. Like, I mean, I, I, the, the, it, it is weird, like, because she's made of porcelain. How does right. she go out in the sandbox and get played with with the kids without just being in a million pieces? Yeah, that was my one of my thoughts, and I just kind of had to let that go because obviously they established her as being porcelain in the and originals. The and 
Yeah, and if they had um, even just her being able to move, I didn't know. You know, that, that's where you get into the whole, you know, the rules of Toy Story. Like, can anything become a toy just by imagining it? Um, you which can't is why think I love that. You I know, can't you really think can. about it with this movie because I was just watching the first few. I was like, how does the whole world not know? that toys are alive because it's like Andy takes one step out of the room. They pull out the megaphone, call a huge meeting. It's like he might've just walked out to get a drink of water. Like you can't. And also of all the millions of toys, there's never been one rogue toy to go on camera and be like, hi, I'm a toy. I hate our society and you play with us and we don't get to have our lives. You can't think about it. That's why you can't. Yeah. Because Um, it's my, my thought. And I don't know, this could be totally wrong, but my thought was always that we're not seeing actual toys. I mean, I guess it doesn't make sense because then you have Sid. I guess at times I thought, oh, this was all just like in imaginations of the kids. But it doesn't make sense because there is enough human interaction to where that doesn't apply. I think it's Well, just, that's where I you think know. you literally can't think about it because I was thinking too. It was like, is there like – because what I was thinking is like, is there some like rule where like once – a kid's eyes is upon you like the toy involuntarily freezes or something because like why if buzz doesn't know he's a toy why does he always freeze in the first movie well then you have sid and obviously that's like the one time they really broke the rules and then yeah that's what i was gonna say that's what debunks that yeah yeah my thought too in this one i thought was andy woody's first owner which doesn't make sense because he's a you know 1950s toy because he references it because they ask him, oh, when were you made? And I don't remember exactly what he says, like, oh, 1960s the, the or something. or something, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, was Andy his first owner? Does he not remember his first owners? Was he, you know, what gives a toy life? Because obviously they're alive because in, I think it was Toy Story 2, when Buzz is trying to get the belt or I forget exactly what's happening, but then one of the other Buzzes comes to life. So are they all alive and they're just choosing when to come alive? You really you I cannot think, my think about it. I do think that can kind of make sense because my thought is like they aren't activated until <clears throat> like I would think like maybe because Woody doesn't remember anything about his past or Woody's roundup or whatever. Right. That's so my thought is like he was just in a box and they don't like get activated until they're opened because like in that like that scene you just referenced like all the buzzes in the boxes and in that whole toy store, like they're not alive yet, or at least they don't show that they are. Um, the only buzz that is, is like the, the one that's out of the box and is like a display model. Um, right. So I was thinking like maybe once they get opened, then they are like awakened from cryo sleep. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> it is kind of funny because it's like, I guess you, there's a point to where the writers just have to say, Hey, we established this world, go with it. Um, but if, getting back to the... Well, what, can I, I want to say one thing about that before we move topics. It's like, because if he did have another owner before Andy, it kind of like would negate his arc in this movie where he accepts like, okay, Andy was my kid. Time to live for right. myself. You know, like that's his whole thing. It's like, Andy was my kid. And yeah, because if he had another owner, I mean, that just kind of, yeah. Yeah, kinda or maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some... I mean, this is where you get into like conspiracy theory where it's like maybe when you pass from a new owner, unless it's a situation like Andy and Bonnie where he's literally handed off, you know, on purpose, maybe you forget or maybe your mem- memory gets wiped anytime. That's now that depressing. wouldn't make sense with Je- Jesse. That wouldn't make sense. We should probably, this is a rabbit hole. There, there's no, there's no <laughs> yeah, solution. I, I agree. Um, um, 
I would be curious to ask the writers, like, in your opinion, like, you know, if they would, they probably wouldn't even answer. They'd be like, there's no point. Because I think the one of the directors said that their whole idea for Forky was that one of their daughters was playing around outside and she grabbed a rock and the rock became like a character to her and whatever she was doing. And the director was like, oh, um, well, that's interesting. That'd be an interesting concept of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, that a toy doesn't have to be a toy that it can just be something a kid makes but then that gives a whole other you know side of what qualifies as a toy um but again i loved forky and i love uh i've always liked tony hale even though he he does always play the same character but he plays it so well that it really works um but yeah excuse me it's really the toy shops once they once forky is captured even though i was always really enjoying the movie that's when it kind of dipped a little because it i don't know like i was really enjoying the you know dynamics between bo peep and woody and of course um uh not count kaboom what was his name duke kaboom duke kaboom i don't know what count and of course keanu reeves is really great in that role and i love i love that because like as a kid i remember you'd watch those commercials and see it was like jurassic park and you'd see the dinosaurs moving and doing things and you get the toy and it doesn't do it. So I thought that was really funny that they address how that happens where, and it's, I think it was a nod to small soldiers because that was part of why they turned the toys into soldiers. Cause to really do what they do in the commercial. Cause the CEO is like, Oh, can the toys really do that? They're like, Oh no, they're just, they're toys. He's like, Oh, and then that's part of what inspires them to, you know, make them, you know, alive in a way. So I thought that might have been a nod to Toy Story or to um, Small Soldiers. I just liked how Duke was like mad at his owner. He was just like, yeah. he was like, it's just a commercial. I thought that yeah. was all hilarious. Yeah. And so like, it's hard to say because it wasn't like certain movies were, it's not like I, at that point I was not involved. I was, it just, I just wanted, because I think it's what the co- the comedy is what really saved it. Because Key and Peel as the stuffed animals, I was worried that they'd be annoying because sometimes when you introduce like a new comedy duo, you know, like a la um, uh, Transformers, they can get in the way. But I thought they were so funny and just their chemistry together, which they have from the projects they've worked on in the past. But also, you know, the whole, yeah, the grand, you know, the old lady when they're the trying to figure rest. out what to do with yeah. her. That was just hilarious. And I love the the last time. You know, the comedy's a rule of three in the last time when you're just waiting and their grandma's taking a bubble bath and then they just rise the same and you thing, hear a yeah. scream. <laughs> because I like, I think Chris Stuckman made this point that, you know, sometimes with Disney and Pixar, because it's become its own huge global brand, you feel like they're afraid of making edgy jokes anymore. You know, because in like the first one, it was Buzz or uh, Buzz Lightbeer. And so sometimes I think, you can with kids uh, with Pixar movies, maybe they, uh, you know, are afraid to push things. But in this one, it was almost like they went back to form where they weren't afraid to make a few risque jokes, like with the toy soldiers. Or yeah, I think they were like, "Oh, there's a fine group of kids. I'm gonna get played with tonight." And of course, they're you know copying other movies where it's not that. It's like a play on words. But um, so the comedy really worked for me. But to me, it was just. I don't know. I guess I want to see it again, too. I guess I want it's just, to, yes. I very much want to see it a second time. To me, it just slowed down a bit. Even though I was really invested in the story, I loved um, the character of Gabby. I was really glad that they didn't make her... What's the what's the evil 
strawberry. Lotso, Huggin Bear. Lotso. I'm so glad. And I was afraid at first. I'm like, oh, is she going to be another Lotso? Like another of those characters. But I'm really glad that they gave her an arc as well. And that's kind of what kept me invested in the middle portion. Because other than that, I just started to get a little antsy. I was like, okay, come on. Let's go. Let's do, let's get out of the antique shop. Let's go on. And, uh, you know, know, they capture Forky and then they lose him again. And I was like, oh, this is driving me crazy. And then luckily almost immediately after they lose Forky again, then it that's from that point until the rest of the movie, I was 100% like back on board and maybe up in the middle, I was like 90% on board. I don't think I, I really felt that way. Um, really like I, I enjoyed the movie the whole way through. The only thing that was, and that I will admit that was distracting for me, which pretty much the, Oh, I was going to lead into it. Pretty much the entire movie was just buzz and how I felt he was really out of character the entire movie. Um, yeah. And also, I didn't... I just didn't... Man, I I just... I mean, can we talk about the ending? I'm not going to... I want to say something before we do, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we're in spoilers, so... Like... Or not in spoilers, but, you know. There wasn't enough... Well, okay, first off, this is not the movie's fault. But Tom Hanks and Tim Allen just, like, spoiled the ending for everyone. Uh, like they, kept, yeah, that was your prediction, actually. Yeah, they kept saying in interviews like, "Oh, the ending is so emotional, I could barely get my lines out." Uh, and then if, I didn't see this, luckily before, but apparently Tim Tim Allen straight up said in an interview that Woody has a painful farewell at the end. It's like, well, who do you think it's to, Tim Allen? Uh, but yeah, right. I, I, I I didn't see that interview, luckily, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure. But before I went into it, I just said to the person I was with, I was like, "They better not split up Buzz and Woody," and then. I, I I was just I there wasn't enough Buzz and Woody or really Woody and any of the other characters where at the end mm. when they're all separating I was like well they didn't have any scenes together at all in this movie and Buzz and Woody kind of just had like a it relies on you having seen all the other ones you I know, know and but having, you haven't seen well no I I'm agreeing with you I'm saying that's what I think the filmmakers were going for where it's like oh you know they've seen all the other movies but it, it I, I agree I think. Like I said, the the writers switched over at one point, so I'm not sure if maybe they were going to keep that original ending and maybe there was more of a storyline with all the other characters. But I agree, because even when they were saying, I mean, we'll go back to the middle, but when they were giving their farewells, it didn't hit me until Buzz. Me neither. And it wasn't because no. of the movie, of what happened in the movie. My brain went, all of a sudden I had this like, nom flashback to the first one and the second one and the third one and i was just like oh whoa this is the end but it wasn't anything in that movie that made me tear up because i started to i didn't cry toy story 3 made me cry but this one just made me very well up um but i remember thinking even in that moment like oh we didn't really see anything in this movie to warrant me crying or anything it was just everything in the previous movies and that's not necessarily a I, I don't know how they well, that's before, why you know? that's why I wish they had cut uh, certain other scenes to give more time to Buzz and Woody in this movie because I I was fine with his farewell being the way it was with like Bullseye and I thought handing the badge off to Jesse was fine um, but this movie like didn't have anything meaningful with Buzz and Woody um, yeah. like they had the one scene that was just played for laughs in the beginning where Buzz like doesn't understand what a conscience is. And then uh, the only other scene between the two of them is when Woody abandons Buzz and goes back into the goes back yeah. into the shop again. That's it. 
And then when they split up, I was like, well, I don't know. I just felt like there could have they could have made some cuts and put more focus on Buzz and Woody if this was really going to be their split yeah. up movie. Because that's the gut punch at the end of the movie, but they don't spend any time in this actual movie building that up. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a... Again, kind of like what you said, it's almost like maybe it could have worked a little better is almost like a spinoff. Well, I don't know. I see I see what you mean. I just don't know how they could have avoided it unless they kind of put Buzz I, along with Woody in the entire... Well, um, this is what I wanted to happen. I wish they would have, like, when Woody jumps out of the RV, right? Um, <laughs> What's with w- everyone jumping out of windows? That was yeah. Funny. When Woody does that, I wish Buzz would have just went with him. And it wouldn't, instead of, like, the RV coming right away, it would have been like, okay, the RV is coming in three days. We need to have everything ready by then. So then the rest of the movie just could have focused on Woody Buzz, Bo Peep, and them, and not had to give all this time to, like, the RV plot line, because that added nothing to the movie. was like, okay, Jesse slashed the tires. Okay, now, like, that whole, like, five-minute scene wasted where, like, the truck was starting and stop, or the RV starting and stopping, and they're messing with the brakes. I mean, don't you think they could have cut all that out and just put more character development on Woody and Buzz? I think so. Probably. I mean, that's that's what I mean where, like, even when they leave, I don't know, I just felt it was, it was just odd to, I, I probably, I imagine it was a conscious choice to be like, okay, let's tell a story within just, like, pretty much three locations, which is why the first half and the last half were really what I got into the most because... It was really once they were there and I kind of realized, oh, we're going to only be in these locations. And again, not a bad thing. It doesn't always have to be, you know, like Toy Story 2 and 3 levels where they're going all over the place and airports. And you know, I mean, it just goes everywhere. But that's just the scope of it was a little underwhelming, I guess, the scale of it. Again, not that it has to be, but there were times where I just wanted to see more happen luckily i think like i said it it was really the character or the um the story with gabby and the chemistry and the story between bo peep forky and woody and the comedy that i think really kept me from being too much like okay i want to see this progress more rather than go to the antique shop leave the antique shop go back to the antique shop lose Forky again, have to go back into the antique shop. Because if it didn't have, like, I remember at that point when he went back to save Forky again, I thought, I swear, if this does not have something happen in, like, the next five minutes that changes kind of the tone or at least the story, they're going to lose me if it's going to be more of him trying to rescue Forky. But luckily, the literally the next scene was Gabby talking to Woody, and you start to see her point of view, and you know that she's not going to be loved. The you know from the you can see that coming well, a mile away, but yeah. it gave her you really felt for her and you're like oh you just like you know it's not going to work the way she thinks it is because you've probably seen too many movies like us, but you feel for her and I think well, also that'd and, be a terrible yeah. lesson if it did work <laughs> yeah it's like you'd be like oh yeah just take whatever you want from anyone right for yourself so so from then I was like okay I'm glad it wasn't just another oh. Woody gets held captive, and then Buzz and them have to rescue. I was gonna be like, okay, I'm checked out, but it changed. And I like again, I loved how she, I loved her resolution that you know she found a connection with the lost kid. Oh, I, I guess I have a morbid sense of humor, but my mind just went to like, what if she was denied again, and the kid was just like, eh, and drops her, you know, the lo- the lost child. I was like, oh man, maybe that would be her becoming an even bigger villain 
that was like part in the back of my mind. But then I was like, no, nah, they won't do that. They won't have her get rejected twice and then become a, a Lotso character. There's not enough time in the movie left. Yeah, I mean, that that same scene you just mentioned where Woody goes back in again and abandons Buzz. Um, that was, I literally threw my hands up in the air. I was like, dude, like with Woody. Um, but I, I, I do think... Well, that's why I said I, I was like, if something has to happen right now well, or they're going to lose me. And then for me it did because I... I got it, but I feel like Buzz would have gone with him, you know. Well, that was where opinion. like the inner voice thing started getting a little unbelievable. It's oh, like, that's right, because that's why he doesn't, right? Because he's yeah. wanting to. Yeah. It's almost like they, I don't know, maybe they not to you know discredit the writers because obviously it's overall it's a very good, well written movie. Where you know, but maybe in a weird way that was a kind of a crutch for the writers. Where they're like, oh, we need to have Buzz do things that aren't really in his character. Oh, let's set up a plot to where. You know, he thinks his commands are his inner voice, and then that way we can kind of justify why he wouldn't follow Woody. Yeah, but the whole basis pretty, of that's so weak because yeah. it's like Buzz wouldn't be dumb enough to like not understand. Like when he when they were being like, "Oh, it's your inner voice." It's like the voice that talks to you. Like Buzz isn't stupid where he'd be like, "Oh, you mean yeah?" You're like, that was kind of weird. But I, I what I wanted to say is because really Buzz was my and Buzz I like I've always liked Buzz more than Woody in the movie, so that's where I, I it bothered me that they kind of made him just a joke in this movie but what i will say is with like the woody thing going back where it kind of makes you exasperated i i do truly and this isn't one of those things where you're like that's the point your criticism is invalid i literally think that's the point because the whole point of his closure is like you don't always have to live for someone else right. live for yourself for once and woody just keeps going back to the point where it's like it's too much i think that was really the point like because the, the ending, the the purpose of the ending is, like, Woody's finally living for himself. He's not living for someone else. Right. And him going back for Forky again when he really shouldn't have and was going too far, like, that was when everyone was supposed to feel like, are you kidding me? Like, th that was my feeling. It was more like, yeah. I, I thought I did think that was the point with Woody. I thought every... I think Woody's whole plot line was perfect. My only issue was just, yeah, was, was Buzz. They didn't give him enough screen time. And... They just, for, for the big ending being them splitting up, <clears throat> they should have built that up more. Um, yeah. Again, I, I think they're, the writers are pretty, not that I'm saying, you know, I, I don't know. It's almost like it would have had to be a completely different movie for them to include everyone. Because I just, other than Buzz, like what you said, I don't think there would have been a way other than just shoehorning a ton of random scenes to spend more time with Jesse. And because even like, you know, Jesse and Bullseye, that should have been a little more emotional for me. Um, but it wasn't. But it was because I'm like, oh, in the other movies, they had all these moments. So I guess maybe I, I really hadn't thought of it as to why I wasn't like an absolute wreck <laughs> like I was at the end of Toy Story 3 multiple times. And I think that really is it, because even though in the other movies we've had all these wonderful moments and character buildup and relationship buildup, in the movie itself, you really didn't. So it's almost like you have to watch Toy Story 3 back-to-back -back with Toy Story 4, you know, to really get the full impact, or all well, of them we, together. We, you know? That's where I think if you're going to split, because I'm, I'm fine with his split up from, like, all the rest of the toys just being that kind of a split up. Where, you I know, think it made sense. But yeah. with Buzz and Woody, since they're like they are the foundation of the entire franchise, like, yeah, I, I really think they should have just they should have made this a Buzz and Woody movie again, 
you know, like, see, but the, I don't know, because then I would have been a little like, really, again, we've already had, I'm not this, saying not have Bo Peep. I'm just saying not have the rest of the characters there with the RV plot and devote that time to having a few more Buzz and Woody scenes. Yeah. Like, I, I think it would have worked fine. Like instead of, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm not saying just have a Buzz and Woody movie again. I'm just saying instead of having all of the like characters that they added in Toy Story 3 and all of the auxiliary characters like Potato Head having like each having like 30 seconds of screen time. Why not just cut that because they all had their great ending and make this movie. I mean, I don't know. I just Buzz and Woody are the nucleus of the franchise. If you're going to split them up, you really got to give more time to to them instead of giggle mcdimples or whatever yeah i think uh, they just knew that they had to have all of them in there or most of all the big characters but they didn't really know how to include them in the plot and the story they wanted to tell so then that's why they had you know the flash or the you know going back to the trailer which didn't make a whole lot of sense and i thought it was funny you know i, I thought it was um i like the part where the tire gets blown out in the rv and the mom's like, okay, honey, daddy's going to say some words and we're going to go over here. And the whole, that plush toy keeps saying that he wants, you know, or we should get him to go to jail. And then, you know, they have that like conclusion I mean, it, where it yeah, was, was cute, it was, funny, it was cute, but, but don't you think that time could have been spent to make the yeah, ending a little Yeah, in a narrative sense, yeah. Like, that's what I kind of mean where the, the comedy aspects saved the middle portions and a little of the aspects that I was kind of getting a little bothered with it was because the comedy really kept it going for me like that's why i do rate it the lower of the toy story movies because i felt it wasn't as great of a overarching like it was a great resolution for woody and between him and bo peep and again my fear was that they were going to make bo peep into this very unlikable captain marvel character who's just constantly insulting and condescending to everyone because they're trying to you know write strong characters but a lot of the writers don't realize that's not what makes a strong character that's just what makes an unlikable character because i i just saw captain marvel and i i couldn't stand her (laughs) character that's why i'm making that comparison where i think she's written horribly um but yeah i i don't know that's why like i really liked it that's why i can't say i loved it like i loved parts of it but i just really liked it overall i think the fact that it really does kind of build on the other ones just I was very relieved because I was just expecting Cars two or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, it's I I I think man, this this probably sounds completely against everything I just said. I think I would say I loved the movie like coming out of it and in general. Like I I would give it. I don't know. Like I said, eight out of ten. But at the same time, I think I would give it an A minus. So that's a nine out of ten. Um, yeah. Like I'd I mean, give the first. I'm very. Not that I do movie reviews, but if I did, I'd be very, very strict with my A pluses. Um, so I'd give like Toy Story one an A. Toy Story, I'd pretty much, I think I'd give them all like A's, and then this one would be the only maybe A minus. If I can See, I go by I'd that kind of ranking, where it's still pluses. very good. I still really enjoyed it. I probably need to see it again because expectations and everything always does kind of interfe- interfere with uh, a movie, especially Toy Story, because the whole time I was just comparing and looking at things again i think this was the funniest of them all like i just found it constantly hilarious and like the poly pocket scene and just i don't know they're on top of their game in terms of the comedic comedic aspects but and like i liked the throwback with when woody's about to leave 
excuse me, when Woody's about to leave Bo Peep again, and they have that shot, and it, you know, harkens back to the first time that he didn't go with her, which obviously was the right choice, but he kind of realizes, you know, it's a, it's almost like a story about a good story for, like, control freaks, because you kind of realize that part of the only reason he knew he kept having to get back to Bonnie was to be, like, the lead to ch- keep trying to be like the leader of the group to try to be the controller of the group because even in the very beginning you know the bonnie's kind of leader toy the Pollyann doll or whatever he like keeps trying to copy her you know and like supersede her orders and pretend that he's the one giving orders so i think in a way it's a story about just letting go like whether it's the control or letting it go wanting things to be the way they were, you know? And I think that was probably what keeps the movie, f- or that's what kept me going, is that I love that theme. And that, that uh, I like it when movies have like a theme like that or, or a moral that doesn't seem too sappy. And it made sense. I, I'm glad that it, when Woody left, I didn't go like, oh, that doesn't make sense. That's that's stupid. Why would he do that? It just, it, I was like, okay, yeah, that made sense for his character. I just feel bad for Bonnie. <laughs> you drive her crazy where Woody went, even if she didn't. Well, care I think about that was that part of the point too. Was the whole movie? Every time, Woody's like right there, like he's in her backpack or he's right next to Forky, and she just leaves him there. Um, which I will say, and I suppose it doesn't matter because they're not the movies. But it, if you've watched any of like the shorts, it's really odd because in all the shorts, like Bonnie plays with Woody constantly. Yeah, and he's I one of her of favorite that. toys. And then in the movie, it's like, oh, no, Bonnie hates Woody now. Uh, also, I mean, I know she's a kid, but it's like, man, that's a big F you to Andy. Andy's like, this is Woody. You got to take yeah. very special care of him. All right, well, screw Woody. Uh, I want to play with his spork. Yeah, I think I think that's I think they have the benefit of, you know, kids are like that to where one day, you know, you love a certain toy and then you love another toy. And then, I mean, I know I, you know toys growing up that were my favorites and then you get something different and new and then all of a sudden that's your favorite and i like that they like if forky had just been a random toy that she made it wouldn't have made sense but because she was having such anxiety you know on school that day and then that was kind of the only thing that you know in a weird way woody helped her make you know forky so it explains why he felt more responsible I actually feel like, and it's funny because I thought he was going to be the worst part of the movie. I actually wanted to see more of Forky because I just, I thought they could have, that's why the first half I was loving it every, I was just like, this is amazing. And I just wanted it to be more of an arc with him rather than him just kind of being captured in most of the movie. He's, I would say a good portion of the movie, he's not doing anything really other than his, you know, he has a really good scene with Gabby. Um, but I wanted to see more of him. I never thought I'd say that. But I wanted to see more of Forky and more of him coming to terms with... I thought that was... When I was watching the first half, I was like, oh, this is going to be the whole arc of the movie is him coming to terms with, you know, that he's a toy and that he's loved. But then they kind of, you know, uh, speed towards that conclusion, which I get why, which is where I feel like if I were to guess, and I'm probably wrong, that right when they get to the RV park, that's maybe when the new riders came along and maybe they had this whole kind of RV adventure storyline planned. And then maybe they had to switch gears. I don't know if that's the case. I just know that they did have to do switch riders at some point. Cause to me, that's where the movie took on a whole different kind of tone. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't really have an issue with the middle portion. 
Um, it just felt too repetitive. I don't know why, because it's not. I, I'm trying to like not repetitive is the wrong word. Maybe it is because it was the same location over and over again, and I felt. I don't know. Maybe I'm too used to the other Toy Stories where they do tend to have this, you know, grand adventure going to all these different locations. But I just, like I said, I felt like a fetch quest in a video game mission where you have to go back and forth to the same location rather than moving on with the plot. And again, I didn't mostly just dislike the antique it, store. You know, I didn't you know, dislike it. Just you know, like I felt like they had the same shot of those dummies chasing them like 15 different times in the movie. Like well, that's I, what I mean. there must have been yeah. like eight chase scenes with the dummies. I guess you're right there. Where yeah, in the antique store, it, uh, the, like the carnival itself, it would have been nice if they just explored the. The yeah. carnival, the world of the carnival more, but that's part of the reason why, and it's not necessarily like an issue against the movie, it just did not feel like a Toy Story 4 the same way the other three felt like a natural yeah. sequel, sequel, sequel. I think we're going to get another movie. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. In 10 years, yep. we'll get Toy Story 5, Buzz and Woody, I don't know, Bonnie will be grown up and Buzz and Woody reunite, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, because yeah, the antique shop just, I guess it really was only the antique shop where at first... I really loved it, and it's weird because I loved everything around it, the characters, the comedy, the emotion. I guess I just wanted to see it move on to a new place or a new something. And again, I wanted Forky to have more of a screen time that wasn't just him trying to be, you know, he he kind of becomes the damsel in distress, but I guess it's more because he's, you know, kind of like, you know like a like a a baby i guess in a way like that's how they're portraying him is almost like a helpless you know infant that needs to be taken care of most of the time which makes sense i like the final scene too when uh forky they like the girlfriend shows up for forky oh yeah and uh he's like she's like why am i alive and he's like it's like and he's the one having to but yeah I, i will say i thought the way the dummies walked was like one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in a kid's movie. Just, it was straight out of a horror movie. The well, number one ventriloquist dummies tend to be very horrific and they're used a lot in horror movies and everything and goosebumps and twilight zone. But the way they animated them walking just gave me chills. Cause you know, there's, they're, Oh, it's just creepy. I mean, they looked exactly like uh, slappy. I don't know if you know what slappy is. Um, from the Goosebumps books, the Night of the Living yeah. Dummy. And I had one of those. I'm pretty sure I literally had that model or whatever one they're trying to show. I had a Howdy, I had a Howdy Doody one, and then I had the one with the top hat and the monocle, monocle, whatever, however you uh, say it. But, yeah, so it's like, and again, like, I like it, to me, it was the funniest of the movies. But it's like, even when the RV goes, like, oh, nope, got to turn around. I just... And I don't know how the story could have been told in like the other Toy Story fashion where they're going from all these different grain locations. It was, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see it again. But like I said, I'd probably give all the other ones A's, maybe first one an A plus, just because it, it's such a huge part of my childhood, which is not a good reason to give a movie an A plus, but they'd all be A's. And then this one, I would just give like an A minus, just a little, just because of that middle section and like what you said the fact that everyone else seems pretty underutilized to where you didn't really need to go back to jesse and all of them they didn't really do much except for with the the rv um you know trying to get the rv to go back i don't know it would have been interesting to see if it had been more of buzz and woody with bo peep but i see why because they wanted woody's arc with bo peep to be kind of 
just on them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you fix it exactly. I don't think it needs to be fixed. Just a couple little issues I had. Uh, but overall, I, I very much liked it. Yeah, I guess I was I was still, because everyone was kind of ranting and raving, I, I felt like at least maybe it was just the perception that it was one of the best ones or the best one or better than three. And I maybe that's part of why the middle section fell flat-ish to me because I was expecting, that's why I probably shouldn't look at anything when a movie comes out. But with this one, I couldn't help myself because of how worried I was. But I would I kind of just walked out thinking, I really don't, I could see how people could rate it above Toy Story 1, maybe because maybe too much nostalgia plays into that one for me. I don't know. I, I would just have a hard time seeing anyone putting it like at the top, which is what I kept hearing, you know, like, oh, it's one of the best, if not the best ones. And they, you know, like, I mean, in your opinion, would you say overall it was uh, worth them doing, like worthy of potentially ruining a perfect trilogy? Do you think this was worth, you know, extending it from a trilogy to whatever it can be called now? I mean, I'm someone who I really wanted more. I think that's where I was most excited was I wanted more like Buzz and Woody and that, you know, that cast of characters. Um, but and I think I said this to you. I, 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 and at this point I get where people would be like, well, then why even make it? I would have loved a movie that didn't change the ending of Toy Story 3. I liked it where it was left off. Um... I, I would have been fine with a fun little adventure movie and then everything is back to the way it was. Maybe Woody's changed, but it's it's back to the way it was. I, I don't know. I prefer... Did you... I mean, do you agree where I, I just preferred where they left the toys off at the end of Toy Story 3 versus now? Yes and no. That's where I'm torn because on the one hand, I still loved that... The, maybe it's because I love trilogies where it's like a trilogy kind of encompasses the structure acts of a movie in a way, you know, you usually have like act one, act two, act three. And so I thought it was like the perfect trilogy arc, but I do think this one, and this was my fear. So I'm glad it didn't come to this, but this one made it uh, like worthy. And it actually, the fact that it built on, like if it had just been another random adventure, I would have been not very happy. But the fact that, again, I think I mentioned it in the beginning of this, that, it was almost like, yes, the story of the trilogy of Andy's story was done. And uh, I don't think Buzz really needed a conclusion because he's, you know, he doesn't have nearly as much men, um, complexities that Woody kind of struggles with, you know, with constant feelings of being neglected or being unwanted or not being in control. Like none of the other characters have that at all. So in a weird way, I feel like, yes, in terms of the movies, I don't know if it needed to be a fourth one, but in terms of maybe completing Woody's arc, because I feel like he had quite a bit of a, like an arc when you look at part one, part two, part three. So like, I, don't know, I guess I go back and forth where I, I feel like it is necessary in a way because then we do get complete closure of him and his arc and his character with, with uh, Andy. Because obviously with Bonnie, he was still thinking of Andy because there's a scene where he calls her Andy by accident, I think. So, yes Toy Story and no. 3 was just, yeah. really, was just a really clean ending. Like, yeah. they're with another kid. Don't think about it. Now it's like, 
okay, so what happens when Bonnie grows up? Is it just a constant cycle? Like, where where does it end? Uh, yeah. How how is what what happens next week when Bonnie decides to stop playing with Buzz and throws him in the closet? You know. Yeah. Like Toy well, Story. Well, that's why I did just, like the theme of you know. You, there's a world outside of just having one owner. I did like that theme, but again, then you can think about it too much and be like, oh, well, what if a toy's stuffed in a closet and he can't get out and he's there for a hundred years in someone's attic? You can get really disturbing when you think of the lives of some of these toys that they have. Like you Wheezy. Know? Wheezy in the second one, they stick him up yeah. on the shelf and then he's like, oh, nobody can hear me. My squeaker's broken. It's like, damn, yeah, but that's if toys sad. can't die, obviously they can't die because in Toy Story, well, they can die, but they can go through a lot without dying. Why didn't you just jump off the shelf? Can toys feel pain? Do they have nerves? That's what I, those are the questions I want answered in Toy Story 5. Maybe they can die. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess I mean, Woody's like, but like, why is Woody even scared when he's uh, up on the kite in the third movie? You can just fall and he'll be fine. Although I suppose you get your head cracked open. That would, you'd look great. You wouldn't look so good. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'd say in terms of the trilogy, I still think it was a perfect trilogy. I don't think it needed to be a fourth one. But in terms of concluding Woody's arc, which I didn't even realize until the movie, that I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he does have an arc that never really got solved. I mean, I guess in a way because he was fine with letting Andy go. But in a, in a way, I guess I can see why they wanted to go even further with that. And I think that had it not had that element, it would have not worked for me at all if it had just been... Another adventure, him meeting Bo Peep. But I like the fact that, you know, he was obviously head over heels in love with her in the first one. And in a weird way, it kind of, he gets his happy ending. Like, even though he lost Andy and he had to let him go and then Bonnie's thing, that All he gets his, his happy ending. Buzz. They've been Mainly together Bu- for 20 years. He hasn't seen Bo Peep in 15 years. And he's like, well, goodbye. Love I don't is, know. Love Maybe is sad. love. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I think I've read one review that really angered me because it was something, and again, it, it goes part in with part in lying with my um, Bo Peep fear, where someone wrote something. It was some, I don't know if it was an official review. I don't remember where I read it, but it was a, like a whole article about how, you know, it was horrible that Bo Peep ended up with Woody because he was such a loser kind of character. I was like, well, that's what I was afraid of, and I'm glad they went because it's like you can have a movie where people are in love. It doesn't have to be like offensive to anyone for two characters to realize they want to be with each other, and it doesn't have to be. I don't know. It's like it was like this thing where it's like, oh, he she should have gone with someone better than Woody. It's like get off your high horse. Like I, I don't know that that's that a, kind of bothered me. Sounds for like some someone reason. with too much too much time on their hands. Um, it was like he she could have. Done or because it, it was an argument in saying that she wasn't strongly written enough because she just kind of fell back into the past and and fell with Woody and it showed that she wasn't a strong female character and oh, that she okay, wasn't. Had, and I was like, enough. no, Mark, I've heard enough. Ridiculous. This is too much for me. I can't take the stupidity. It was just one of those things where I thought, you know, you can have strong characters fall in love and it doesn't have to be that analytical, you know, to where it's like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. That it kind of irked me. It's like let, let let Bo Peep fall in love with who she wants. You know, they were together from the beginning. Maybe she's been on a hundred dates since you know what nine years have passed. She's probably had her share of you know dating the the bad toys. She wants to go back to Whoa. good old Woody. There was a spark with Duke Kaboom. That is true. And Woody was a little. You got the feeling they almost like in the toy sense like dated or something. Um, 
I don't know. I, I like the fact, I know maybe it's cheesy. I like the fact that Woody and Bo Peep ended up together, even if it is a little cheesy. And even if it, I don't agree with it, you know, even if it kind of weakens her character of being independent, which I don't think it does. Cause I don't think so at all. Being independent okay. does not mean that you can't fall in love with someone that, or, or decide to stay with someone that, you know, so what if it was nine years ago? They had a I very mean, strong like connection. She- it's not like she was like a rogue warrior. She had friends and a little posse. It's like she was just oh, here's on a, her own. Here's another question. Um, uh, I think it was Angry Joe show that brought it up because I don't want to make it sound like I, I came up with it. But um, so this, the skunk, do you think that was a real skunk hide that they had to kill a skunk to get? Or do you think it was a fake like toy plushie that they used? I don't know because I was wondering why the – like, R.C. is alive in the first movie, but why wasn't the skunk R.C. alive? Unless it was just a hide that they, like, made into a toy. Because if it was a toy, why wasn't it alive? Yeah, because that was the other... It was, like, a funny implement... Impl- impl- uh, can't think... Can't Implication. Talk. Yeah, that um, that that is, like, some piece of roadkill, probably. And then you have to think, like, wouldn't the skin kind of rot after a while? Like, there's, it's just funny. There are so many Mark, things you can think about. we've gone too far. We, we've, we've taken it too far. It's hard with Toy Story because you can go on so many levels. You know, like with Film Thirst's uh, episode messed me up where you think about the mortality of a toy. And that's where the writers realize you can't go too far with it. Um, I mean, if you think about cars. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, it, it gets a little, it gets a little sad. Or, or Ratatouille, the fact that he started his own restaurant and within the next year he'd be dead. Um, Why do rats not live? Rats live long? for about two years. Oh. Uh, so rip, rip Remy. Um, and rip Gusto's, unless uh, whatever the main human character's name is in that movie can keep it going. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree, though, with the point that you made earlier that the fact that she's porcelain, like, how is she not in like a million pieces? After all of her adventures and all of the, you know, rough housing and oh, and I felt terrible when the sheep lost its leg. I don't know why that bothered me. I was did like, did they ever oh. fix it or show them fixing it? I don't know. I'm, if I see it again, I want to see if they did. Because uh, when that happened, I thought like, geez, like that's so morbid. Like I mean, Bo Peep's arm is already gone, so that joke was fine. But it is hurt because I, I, you know, I love animals. And I did so, love that they gave you know. the sheep like little a little character. Or like yeah. he's trying to remember their names, and they're just like as he gets each of them wrong, they all all three of the heads yeah. like uh, just look like hate this guy. Yeah, and that's really what made the movie work the most for me was the characters, the comedy, and um, you know maybe it was a little messy in places, mainly just the middle. Like it really was like once they get to the antique shop, even though I loved a lot of what they did with the characters and especially Bo Peep, Woody, and Duke Kaboom, and Gabby. That's just where plot-wise, I guess, I started to get a little, like, I want to see this go somewhere. And then once they rescue Forky till the end, except for the points you mentioned, which now I'm kind of, I hadn't thought of that, but it makes total sense. It's like, yeah, they didn't really have much interaction in the movie to warrant these, you know, feelings. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like how, I, I guess I, I don't want to come off like I'm negative because I really liked it. It's just, it's yeah. not, it's not fun to sit here and say a million times what we liked. Like, it's more fun to yeah. talk about our criticisms. Well, well, a good comparison, again, I don't know how they would have fixed it, but you look at the Lord of, Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King, you know, when, spoilers, you know, Frodo has to leave Sam and all the other hobbits. 
And again, I, I cry every time I watch that scene. But you're not having to rely off the first two movies to feel that way because Sam and Frodo, just in The Return of the King, have so many moments that, yeah, true, they built off the first two movies. But even if you were to watch like The Return of the King with just a little bit of knowledge of what the other ones were about, you'd be very confused. But you would understand why like you should feel so upset when Frodo has to leave Sam just in that one movie. And that's not counting the other six hours of movies. So I guess maybe that is kind of my, now that you brought it up, my main, my like only real huge nitpick would be that, yeah, they shouldn't for or expect us to feel super emotional in, you know, the fact that or expecting us to have feel the emotion based off the movies that came before it, that it should have had more in the movie self-contained to warrant that, you know, heartbreaking ending. Well, the third, the third movie just did such a good job of, like making the characters they kept because you know between the second and third one they got rid of so many of the toys and they just mm. kept like this core group they did such a good job of giving all of those characters something really important to do that like Mr. Potato Head is in the third movie so much um but like where do the aliens go the aliens the- yeah the aliens we're- are in it cuz they're the ones that save Woody and the gang from the incinerator at the end no i mean this one where were, the, were the aliens never in it at all? Did they have a conclusion? I don't, I don't remember them being in it. Because weren't they like, wasn't that the joke in three? I might be mixing it up with two. I haven't seen them in a while where the aliens are like Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head's kids in a way. Oh, yeah. They are given to Bonnie in the third one. I just don't remember if they if they were in this one much. Like they were probably in the beginning. Maybe they just weren't in the RV. Um, hmm. But Bonnie yeah. And threw the, them away. But like in the third one, like it gives like it gives... Woody, Buzz, Rex, Jesse, Bullseye, the Potato Heads. Yeah. That's it. Ham. That's it. Slinky Dog. Like, the, that main core, they make them, like, they give them all something really important to do. So at the end, when they're all about to burn, you're like, oh. And then in this movie, it's like, I mean, since they only gave each of those characters, like, one line, why not just have them in the beginning so that at least they have a cameo? And then after the RV, just actually build up Buzz and Woody so that ending is impactful because they didn't have enough in the movie anyways to add anything to their character. You right. Know? Yeah, because so, someone like Mr. And again, I'm diving too deep into it, but like I can't imagine Mr. Potato Head being too upset or Mrs. Potato Head. Mainly just Jesse, uh, Bullseye, Buzz. And Maybe Slinky. Slinky. Yeah, Slinky. Um, RV obviously can't talk. And I guess that's where he's not in the movie anymore. He's gone. What? I guess he wasn't given to Bonnie. No, he wasn't in the third movie at all. He was already gone. Hmm. He's only in the flash. He's only in the flashback because it's out. It's before Toy Story three. Before they get rid of all those ones. That's why someone needs to do like a like a video exploring where all the toys went. When you know whether it's the aliens or the RC and all of them. You know, maybe there's no answer, but there's a lot of them. Just do like one shots on Disney Plus showing what happened to each of them. That be could be a cool series. I could see them making a short film about the aliens' lives and then what happened to RC. Because again, I, I think he was in the second one. I guess he wasn't in the third one, so something happened. But anyways, I think we've probably anal- overanalyzed Toy Story enough to... I mean, I, I think we pretty much covered everything about the movie, and I think we both agree Very, still a very good movie. Little nitpicks here and there, but... I think I know for me it, it very much exceeded my expectations considering I was very worried from the very very beginning 
Um, and they, and I guess we should meant, like briefly say like the animation is just mind blowing. Like it's just it blows my mind how good animation has gotten when you compare it to the first one, and now the texturing and everything is just it just blows my mind. Like the yeah. uh, the the first scene was just a yeah. show off scene. Like let's, let's just the show them what we can like, do. It was it looked so photorealistic. And it really was because a lot of their shorts tend to be more demonstrations or not all of them but some of them are more like the umbrella one that one was still a really good short but you could tell the it was more about showing how far photorealism or cgi's come but yeah the movie and it really balanced the line of um the uncanny valley perfectly you know because things at one point could look photorealistic but then the characters and everything didn't look corny or weird which is very hard to do and not make it stand out. Yeah, because the whole point of them making Toy Story as their first movie was just so they could work with the limitations of early CG animation, and now they're having to blend it with how far it's come, and they did a great job. Yep. But yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, that's all. I, I think I'm, I, I'm out of words for Toy Story, other than the fact that I'm looking forward to seeing it again and watching them all again to have a little bit more of a refreshed perspective on the uh previous ones because i haven't seen them in a few years yeah i'm uh I, i've said my piece we, we liked it uh hopefully we didn't uh criticize it uh too much um i think those movies are just uh pretty uh important to both of us so we had a lot riding on uh this one yeah i'm a little worried about five but like <laughs> you know as long as they keep making them as good as this i'm I guess I'm fine. I don't know how the how they would do it, but I'm sure they will. It'll be a while because I know they're focusing on original movies for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, see, come back in ten years for our review of Toy Story Five. Don't miss it. Right. Cool. With all that said, hope all of you guys and gals enjoyed the uh, podcast. And um, as always, if you enjoyed, if you did enjoy, leave a. It helps to leave a, a review. The last one that we got was from Ali P.A. or Ali Pa. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but she wrote, or he wrote, but I think it's a she. Could be. This person wrote, absolutely love these shows, such interesting topics, including classic and new Disney park movies and shows. I'm obsessed. Keep up the good work. So Ali P.A., um, thank you for the kind words. And again, if anyone uh, wants to help the show out, you can go on iTunes. Just go look on your podcasts and the Yes to World podcast and leave a review and slash or rating. And, um, yeah, I think that's that's all I have to say. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back with a more theme park-centric episode next week. All right. Bye, guys.